Good morning, everybody. Um, hello and welcome back. Uh, I think you are going to like today's program. Uh, I know I like it myself. <laughs> it explained a lot of stuff to me, right, Lou? I always like it Good when you say that. You. I always like it when you say that because I know it's going to be fascinating. So, friends, last time, first a disclaimer. Um, if my eyes look blurry on Facebook and it's if I'm squinting when I look at my notes, it's not because my pupils are white due to some drugs that I've taken. <laughs> I just I just came back from the eye doctor and they uh, dilated my you pupils. You got dilated. So I can't see anything. Yep. <laughs> um, not very smart of me. I didn't think that it would affect my looking at my notes. So I was going to say, that's not would... very good timing. <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, so I'm going to do a lot of this uh, from my gut uh, without looking at my notes, Luke. Okay. So bear with me. Yep. So last time we left off at episode 41. Am I right, Lou? I believe so, yes. That was uh, verse 32 in chapter 3. And today we're going to be doing episode 42. We're going to be talking about chapter 3, verses 33, 34, and 35. And I love this verse because it made me feel at peace after I read it and studied it and understood it. Now, it's a little complicated, so bear with me. I will do the simpler part first mm -hmm. of verse 33, and then maybe go back and look at a deeper portion of that same verse. If I go through all of it at one time, you'll get confused. Okay. Some people will get confused. Gotcha. So just catching up a little bit on what we talked about last time, about 32. I don't think I, I, I mentioned this, so I'm mentioning it again. We talked about whatever actions you take, whatever you do, you're doing for a purpose. You're mm -hmm. doing to try to get some result from it, right? If that result that you're looking for is for a selfish reason, you're doing it for your ego, for your ahankar in Sanskrit, for your ego. And we did say that when you are doing it for your own self, for your own selfish reasons, your ahankar, that efficiency of that action will drop. What I didn't say is that the level of efficiency of the action compared to how much you're doing it for yourself is inversely proportional, which means that the higher your egotistical reason for doing this, your self-serving purpose, the less efficient you're going to be. Remember we talked about Sachin Tendulkar, who when he starts getting up to a century, which is 100 runs in cricket, he stops looking at the scoreboard and yes. just puts his head down and just does what he has to do because he says, if I start looking at the reward, I'm not going to play well. So the more selfish your reasons, the less efficient your actions are going to be. Right. So a big ego, your efficiency is very little. You're going to be making mistakes in your actions. Less of an ego, your efficiency is great. Mm -hmm. If you have zero ego, your efficiency is 100%, 100% efficiency. How do you accomplish that? Remember, we talked about this in the last episode, verse 32, where we said, give it up to a higher ideal. Think of a higher cause, a better cause, other than for yourself. Now, the benefits will accrue to you, should accrue to you, and may accrue to you, but that's not your responsibility. You're doing it for a higher cause, and you're doing it because you ought to do it, and whatever results come of it, you will benefit from that or you don't benefit from it. But that shouldn't be your focus. So with that aside, mm -hmm. 
let's look at verse 33, 34, and 35 of chapter 3. So the question that arises, we've done now, what, 41 episodes so far? Yes. And the Gita has gone through three chapters, and we're coming now to the end of chapter 3, and we're saying, if we all of this is spelled out so clearly in the Gita, right? I often used to think this. Say, if all of this is spelled out, I'm studying it, I'm reading it, I'm sure this has occurred to you. Why am I not changing? Hmm. Why Why am I still the same? Why is it, you know, because people say, yeah, you, you've been reading the Gita, you haven't changed very much. This <laughs> is true. Yeah. It's true, right, Luke? Yeah. Um, we go to church maybe or temple or the mosque or whatever we go to we study we're doing diligent stuff and nothing is changing now recognize that throughout all of this i have not said even once what people who do look at the gita think it's going to say which is you must go to the temple you must pray you must uh, do this and you must offer some money to the temple and the priest Nowhere does it say that. Everything right. is very scientific. It doesn't matter what religion somebody is, what they're... This is very, very scientific. And that's why I love the Upanishads <laughs> and the Gita. Everything is so scientific. So the question is, if everything is so spelled out so clearly, why does the common person who reads this, who studies this, somebody who knows this, not do what they're supposed to do? Right. Why not? That's a question that occurred to me. I'm sure it's occurred to you. Yes. So this is beautifully explained in the next three verses that we're going to do today. So verse 33 says, even a man of knowledge, somebody who's getting to, not self-realized, but getting there, even a man of knowledge acts in accordance with his own nature. He does what his nature makes him do. Yes. Beings, all beings, follow their nature, not just human beings, but all beings, follow their nature, what can restraint or control do? That's what, you know, Krishna says. Yes. Very important to understand that what he's basically saying, a lot of people say, all right, so if I try to control my desires, my wishes, nothing's going to change, so why even try? I just might as well just eat everything in sight. I shouldn't even try to control it because my vasanas, which are for sweets, right. say, eat this. My doctor says, you have diabetes, don't go near sweets, but I can't control it. Even Krishna says it, so what What the heck? Who right. cares? Just yeah. do it. It's out of my People, control, right? It's out of my control. Yep. And even Krishna says in this verse, he says, it's out of your control. Don't, don't even a man of high knowledge uh, has this issue. I, I'm thinking so, of the frog and the scorpion parable. Do you, are you familiar with that one? No. Uh, the scorpion's trying to cross the stream, and he talks to the frog, and he says, will you give me a ride across the stream? And, and the frog says, what are you kidding? You're a scorpion. And he goes, well, I want to get across the stream. I'm not going to hurt you. And he gets on his back, and they go across the stream, and in the middle of the stream, the scorpion uh, stings him. And the frog goes, what are you doing? Now we're both going to die. And the scorpion says, that's who I am. That's my nature. Excellent parable. Yeah. Excellent parable, because it basically says exactly what I'm going to be talking about today, that you cannot change somebody's nature. Now, yeah. what you talked about, Lou, was the the nature of a scorpion. Yes. And the nature of a scorpion is to bite and to sting right. and to convey the poison to the other person. Yeah. That's his or her nature, and it doesn't change. It comes from centuries of 
uh, generations of scorpions and it's just been passed on to them. So the same thing applies to other animals, other beings, and us human beings, that we just have our own nature. Mm -hmm. There's a slight difference in human beings in that we have many lives before us and our present life. If I am a certain age today, whatever I've done up to now has produced certain thoughts in my mind that are seeping down into my unconscious and laying the groundwork for future, for the vasanas of the future. Remember, we talked and said that thoughts create desires and the desires result in actions. So any actions we are doing are as a direct result of our thoughts, which are a direct result of our vasanas. And it's a cycle like this. So you fulfill your desires, and what happens is it seeps down into the vasanas and lays down and creates vasanas for the next life. Mm -hmm. So we're all clear with that. Yes. So last time we spoke about prakriti. You remember? Yes. We said there are 24 components to matter, which was prakriti, and we said that each prakriti has its own gunas, and they are programmed to behave a certain way, and you cannot change that. Remember right. we talked yes. about trees in the spring, what makes them flower, who tells them to flower, is it the heat, is it the... And nature has a beautiful way of making sure that this happens. Similarly, a scorpion, like you said, bites. He cannot say, well, you know, this frog saved me, he's taking me across the right. river, I shouldn't bite him. A tiger says, I have to eat, I'm going to kill that deer, regardless of the fact that the deer has two little baby fawns right next to it. And if I kill the deer, the fawns, you know, one would feel sorry for them. Tiger yes. says, I'm programmed mm -hmm. that way. Now, what does programming mean? Programming relates to the inner prakriti of ourselves. Now, bear with me. It gets a little heavy here. A little difficult to understand, but if I go into it even deeper, it's even more difficult to understand. This is the most superficial level, and okay. I'm sure you can understand it. Just like we spoke about prakriti or nature of everything outside, having certain programmed, pre-programmed ways of behaving, we ourselves have a pre-programmed prakriti. Who does? We do, our body does, our mind does, and our intellect does. It has a prakriti. This self-programmed, self-programmed prakriti was programmed by ourselves from our actions in the past. Mm -hmm. So whatever I did, let's say I was hungry for money and my vasanas were powerful for money. The more, look at uh, some people, I don't even want to mention names, but some people are just programmed for money. That's right. all they think about. Yes. When they die, those vasanas for money keep coming back, they get enriched, and they come back in the next life. And from a very early age, you see that programming. So many people, children, when they're born, they have desires for certain things. You can actually tell from a very early age that the vasanas of certain uh, people. And that's where this, um, what are they called, prodigies? Yes. Prodigies, you know, play music yeah. at a certain age. They have a vasana for music. Somebody can do mathematics at a very early age. Other people have prakritis for food or sweets or money or, you know, the opposite sex. Any of these. It's pre-programmed. 
Those are all coming from the Vasnas or Samskaras, two different names. These are based on your past Vasnas. And those Vasnas produce thoughts. I get thoughts in my mind. And these all, the thoughts create desires. And according to those desires, you act. Right. That is your nature. That is your dharma. Remember I said dharma? Yes. The simplest way to explain dharma is that it is your nature. Mm. So the dharma of sugar is sweetness. Simple as that. Right. Dharma of sugar is sweetness. You take away the sweetness, you've taken away the dharma of the sugar. Remember that because we'll come back to it in a minute. These prakritis of ourselves, our body, our mind, our intellect, is our own nature. So Krishna is saying, what can control do? What can restrain do? Nobody can change your prakriti. Not yourself, not others. Nobody can change it. So a defeatist person says, then what the heck is, this is great. I'll just enjoy myself, you know. Yep. And the more I enjoy myself, the more deepening I'm deepening my own vasanas. Take the example of a tiger or a scorpion that you mentioned. You can say to a scorpion, you may not bite. You shouldn't bite. It's not fair. It's not right. This frog is taking you across the river and you're biting it. What did you get out of it? You die too. Mm -hmm. And he says, I can't control my nature. Is that what you said, Lou? Yeah. Can't control the his nature. The frog says, I'm a scorpion. What did you expect? Well, the scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. What do you expect, right? Yeah. Or a snake says, I'm a snake. What do you expect? Right. I had heard that with a snake. Okay. Yeah, but it's the same thing. A tiger says, what do you expect? You know, I, I kill lions, tigers, ferocious animals, carnivores. Do kill deers. Mm. I can't change that. But suppose you were to try to convince the tiger to become a vegetarian. <laughs> would it work? There were. There have been people that did that. I'd read of a, an experiment where they took a tiger and just fed it milk and vegetables and fruits. Didn't work. The minute you let it out, it may mean survive, but yeah. um, the minute you let it out of its enclosure, it went back to killing again. Um, so other people cannot change that prakriti. And let's say the tiger had a conscience. Let's say a tiger, I mean, we're, we're taking this example a little too far, but sure. suppose you as a human being have a conscience, say, I shouldn't be doing this. It doesn't work. You can't change your prakritis. But don't give up hope. There is hope to change it. It's not easy, but it's possible. And what Krishna, when he says, what can restraint do, he then subsequently goes on to tell you what can. Actually, the Katopanishad tells you what to do. And we'll go into that because Katopanishad talks about Shreya and Preya. Preya means whatever you like to do and Shreya means what you ought to do. So the Katopanishad teaches us that we should be doing what we ought to do, not what we like to do. And that talks about um, Raga and Dvesha. Raga is what you like and Dvesha is what you don't like. But that's in verse 35. Mm -hmm. So coming back to verse 34. So you can change, but you cannot make drastic changes. Right. So what we have in our nature is prakriti, right? I said that? Yes. The word prakriti comes, uh, the riti means what was done, what was created. And prak means from the past, done originally. Oh, prakriti is yep. from the past, what was created. Those are your vasanas. Vikruti means the uh, perversion of the prakriti. So if you just, and samskriti 
is a modification or transformation for the better. Prakriti, Samskriti for the better, Vikruti for um, perversion. So imagine a nice dish that I make, right, with fruits, for example, bananas. Right. And I take bananas and apples and I cut them up and I put them in a nice bowl and I leave it. And that's Prakriti. That's at the initial level. If I just leave it like that, pretty soon the bananas will get brown and the apples will get brown and they'll start to disintegrate. Right. That is Vikruti. That means it has uh, become perverse, yep. it's deteriorated. Yep. If I take, in fact, those bananas and uh, apples and I decorate them with grapes on the side and put flowers around it and put you know something else, make it look pretty, that's called Samskriti, meaning I've improved it. Right. So the Prakriti you cannot change, but you can improve on it. So let's say my Prakriti is one of aggression. Right? right? I'm an aggressive person. That's my vasanas. Throughout my previous lives, I've been a fighter, and everybody says, oh, my God, this guy's going out and getting into another fight again. Yeah. Uh, he's come back with a black eye. Uh, he's cuts and bruises. <laughs> you know, when is this guy going to learn he's always fighting? Right. So my prakriti is to fight. Without any change in us human beings, always the prakriti devolves it disintegrates, it becomes worse. Mm -hmm. So you become uh, vikruti, which is downwards. So the prakriti being bad, you will go downwards. You'll start to fight more and you'll, do, you'll use your aggressiveness for bad things. Right. If you then channel your prakriti, you with me, everybody? You channel your prakriti into doing something good with that same vasana you're making it samskriti, like those apples and bananas and flowers, and you make it look pretty and presentable. Right. You take that aggression and you say, I'm going to use this to defend the country, yeah. to you know fight terrorism. You're actually taking your aggression and you're channeling it into something good. That you can do. The analogy is that you're coming to this life with a certain foundation of a building. You, as the architect, come and say, I can't really change this because the pillars are a certain way. I can't change it. The whole building will collapse. But what I can do is make it more beautiful. Right. I can take the same rendering. I take, take the same pillars and the ceilings and the floors, and I can put different kinds of walls, paintings, uh, decorations, and make the building look much nicer. So um, the body, mind, and intellect when born, it has prakriti. Nobody can change it. If you do nothing, it devolves and goes to vikruti, and your body, mind, it goes downwards. Mm -hmm. So it is up to us to provide it with uh, sanskriti. So that's chapter 34. Any? Uh, did I leave out anything, Lou? Can you think of anything that I should have said? I don't think so. It's very clear so far, actually. It's very clear, right? Yep. Okay, good. I'm glad. So we, ha we have a nature, and if we don't deal with that nature, it will get worse. It will be worse for us. If we work on a nature and work with it, we can make it better. We can ease our, uh, we can ease our desires. We can ease the things that we're kind of attached to and turn it yes. into use for good. Right, and that actually lessens your vasanas, 
therefore lessens your thoughts, lessens your desires. Mm -hmm. That's at the simplistic level. We'll go deeper into likes and dislikes because right. in verse 34, Krishna says, attachment and aversion, which is liking and disliking, raga and dvesha, attachment and aversion for the objects of the senses abide in the senses, the likes and dislikes abide in the senses, let none come under the dominion of those two, for they are one's enemies. So who are the enemies? The likes and dislikes. Right. Aversion and attachment are the enemies. He says, Raga and Dvesha, which are likes and dislikes, are the enemies. He calls them actually wayside bandits. Oh. The Sanskrit yeah. word is Paripantaha. Paripantaha are wayside bandits. Like in the past, when I used to read uh, books as a child or comic books, the, the, the carriages used to go through right. forests. Yep. And out of from behind the trees would jump these bandits and stop the carriage and then rob people of everything. And this verse says that likes and dislikes are wayside bandits. So what do they rob you of? And how do you know what your prakritis are? We talked before about our prakritis. Body, mind, and intellect has an inborn prakriti that is born with. How do you know what they are, your prakritis? Only from your likes and dislikes, right. your raga and dvesha. Mothers will tell you, and as a grandfather now, I see it in my little grandchildren. Even at the age of one year old, you can see two granddaughters and one likes the exact opposite of what the other one likes. Right. One grandson likes the exact opposite of what his brother likes. How does that happen? They're born with different prakritis. What is that? They have likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. Where do those likes and... So you can tell what somebody's prakriti is by the likes and dislikes. Right. Where do they live, these likes and dislikes? They live on the sense organs. Our sense organs, we talked about them. The five sense organs, the five organs of action. We talked about that. For those of you who may not remember, just go back and look at it again. Um, they live on the sense organs for the sense objects. Right. So a person who has uh, likes on the ear likes to listen to certain music. Right. Um, certain people, children from an early age, like colors. One person might like such and such colors. The other person likes different colors, uh, foods, smells, sounds, yes. etc. Yep. Mothers say, oh, my child, he likes to sleep in bright light. If I make it dark, he can't sleep. <laughs> other mother says, my child has to have a pin drop silence and total darkness. Otherwise, my child can't sleep. Right. Every person has their likes and dislikes. These are expressed from the sense organs onto the sense object. Um, you can suppress your likes and dislikes. Okay. You can suppress it but you can't get rid of it. Right. You, they're still there. You can confuse your prakriti because of what your parents tell you. Say, you want to be a musician because you have a vasana for music? No, musicians don't make any money, or so they say. Right. Um, wait till you see the Beatles <laughs> and the Rolling Stones. Right? There you go, right, yeah. um, musicians don't make any money. I don't want you to go towards music just because you like it. You will become an engineer. That's how parents have often been in the past. Sure. 
When you do that, you can suppress that person's likes, but you're not going to get rid of them. They're there. Um, and no matter how self-realized you are or how advanced you are in this knowledge, even Krishna had his likes, right? We know that from the scriptures. And just in terms of the Gita alone, you can see that he has a fondness towards Arjuna. Right. Um, he's telling him sororities and he's saying, kill the enemy, your cousins. Obviously, these were his cousins too, Krishna's, but he said, kill them. They're bad people. They're doing bad things. They're immoral. They're bad for the country, bad for other humanity. You have to do your duty and kill them. Does, he, does that mean he likes them like he likes Arjuna? No. no. Which means that yep. even Krishna has his likes and dislikes. So uh, I heard of an analogy in this respect of an elephant that is huge in the streets of India. You see elephants walking on streets, yep. um, of course, with somebody on their back. And the elephant has to go a certain way towards the temple. And along the way, there are these stray dogs, street dogs, that come and start from a little bit of a distance barking at the elephant. Right. Wayside bandits. Yeah. But the elephant just keeps his head down and keeps going towards this and ignores the dogs as they're barking, barking, barking. Little kids might run on side of the elephant. They may start to throw little stones at the elephant. Whatever it is, the elephant just keeps walking, walking, walking. There's sounds on the sides. There's right. smell of food. There may be food that the elephant likes to eat. Right. But the elephant never stops and takes his trunk and says, let me grab a <laughs> handful of grass over here. Yeah. He just keeps walking. That is what the Gita says we should do with ourselves, that likes and dislikes on either side of us while we're going on our path. We've just got to keep going towards your path. Don't let your raga and dvesha sway you from your path. Do your duty. Tolerate your dislikes. Enjoy your likes while you're doing your duty. So you're doing what you ought to do. And while you're doing what you ought to do, you may be doing something that you like. Enjoy it. If you need to hum, you need to sing while you're doing it, you like the singing, fine, as long as you're doing your duty. You don't dislike, you dislike something. Somebody is doing something that at the side that is distracting you. Right. Instead of stopping what you're doing and saying, hey, you know, what you're doing is distracting me. I can't do my job. Just ignore it. Just keep doing what you're doing like the elephant. Don't let the wayside bandit get to you. Yeah. Managing Versus your focus, right? Manage your focus. Yeah. And that comes with practice. Right. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Verse 35. Better with swadharma, which is, remember dharma I said is the nature? Yes. Swa means for yourself. Your own dharma. Better is swadharma, one's own duty, though devoid of merit, than Paradharma, which is the duty of another, well discharged. Better is death in Swadharma than in Paradharma, because Paradharma is fraught with fear. Simple way to explain it, Swadharma means my own dharma. Mm -hmm. Paradharma means somebody else's dharma. So my dharma, suppose I'm a musician, I love music, I'm good at music, but my parents tell me, you may not do music. Or I myself say, I don't want to do, be a musician, even yep. though I want to do it. I want to be an engineer because I'll, 
I'll do better with that right. financially. Yep. The Gita is saying you're better off doing what your swadharma is than doing what somebody else is. You can't do it. You'll be miserable. Right. It's it's akin to being dead if you do that. Strong words. Yes. So he, he's saying, talking about likes and dislikes, you're going with something that now in this case, the question could arise to say, wait a second, you just said to not go with your likes and not go with your dislikes. Right. Now you're saying, I like music, so you should go with music and not, well, shouldn't I be going? No. You can do your likes and dislikes over here as long as that is your dharma. Not doing it because you think this is, um, we're talking about what your swadharma is for your uh, career, not because you just purely enjoy it. Right. You have a natural skill to do something. You should do it. Um, for a tiger to remain a tiger is better than pretending to be a cow <laughs> because right. it doesn't work. For a scorpion, if he's a scorpion that he needs to bite, he has to bite. He, ha he can't be a frog. Um, but in modern days, exactly the opposite happens. We try to convince our children to go into uh, computers or software programming or become something where we say, you know, you, you're going to do better in that. And that right. is actually oftentimes goes against the grain. Um, so a little bit deeper if we want to go into verse 34, 33 and 34. So, so right there, what we talked about right there was being an important... It, it being important to differentiate between what is your dharma and what is a like or, or a dislike. Yes. What is your nature yes. as opposed to what is a like or a dislike? Because they can be two separate things. Correct. You can so like you money, could... but that's not your nature to chase money. Right. Yeah. That's right. You can like money, but you don't, it's not your nature to chase money. Right. So, um, prakriti and sanskaras, this is what your vasanas have become from generations, many lives of doing certain things, and that is in the unconscious. Now, we're talking about the unconscious, conscious, and again, unconscious. So, in the Katho Upanishad, he talks of Shreya and Preya. What is good for me, what I ought to do is Shreya. Exercise is good for me, mm -hmm. I ought to do it. Preya is what I like to do. So, I just like to sleep and be a bum, sit in the hammock, yeah. have myself a nice cold lemonade, just lie in the hammock, do nothing. That's what I like to do. Our intellect has to decide what is good for me and what I ought to do. Not go with the bandit that says, lie in the hammock and drink lemonade all the time. So you have to take a decision. And the decision um, is to cut off what is unpleasant for you, or what is pleasant for you. If you like it, you just cut it off uh, from you. There's, um, there's um, an, exa an, an experiment. A person called Walter Michel did a, an experiment with marshmallows. He called it the marshmallow temptation. Hmm. And he gave it, little children came in and he said, you like marshmallows? The kid says, yes, I love marshmallows. He says, okay, if you, here's a marshmallow, this is for you, it's a reward, it's, you can have it, but I'm going to have to step out of the room for just a couple minutes. By the time I come back, if you, you can eat this marshmallow while I'm away, but then you'll only get one. Right. But if you wait until I come back, 
I'll give you two. Mm-hmm. And the kid said, you understand? Yes. You understand? Yes. Okay. Then he leaves. And then there's cameras focused on the little kid. Sure. On the This is the marshmallow experiment by Walter Michel. Cameras focused on this kid. And what he did was he actually took this experiment till the time the kids became older and adults. And he said, what was their life like? What he's basically trying to show in this experiment is what happens when you're able to make a decision with your intellect to say, I'm not going to look at this tempting thing. You see some kids, they look, they fidget, they're, you know, moving around, they're looking to see if he's coming back. And yep. after a few minutes, they can't wait. They pick up the marshmallow and they eat it. And he comes back and says, oh, you ate it. Yes. Can I have another one, please? Can I have another one? That's how kids are. Yep. And the other kids studiously looked the other way. They did not look at the marshmallow. And that was what, you know, the Latin word for cutting is cesare. That's where the word cesarean comes from. Yeah. You cut. Mm-hmm. Cesare. Meaning you cut your vision from what is tempting you. Look the other way. And these little kids, those who are successful in later life, would consistently just keep looking at the door to see if this Dr. Walter Michel was coming back. Interesting. And not look at the marshmallow, but looking at the door with anticipation instead. And when they came back, they were eagerly anticipating the two marshmallows. What? And, and so you may say, what the heck are you talking about this for? What does that have to do with verse 34, 35? But it basically has to do with the same thing. You like right. that that marshmallow, right? That is your raga. You have a shreya for doing what you ought to do, which is you made a commitment to say, I'm going to wait till Dr. Michelle comes back before I eat that second mar- that first marshmallow. Right. And in reward, I'll get two marshmallows. So he showed that, I mean, he probably doesn't know anything about what we're talking about, the Gita, or maybe he does. But it is an experiment that shows that those people who have an inherent tendency from an early childhood to be able to postpone gratification, and that's the core, the base point here, the core point, which is the ability to delay one's own gratification. Right. Then you're successful. So... We talked about samskaras or prakriti being uncontrollable. It is deep down inside. That's your nature. You Just like the tiger has a, a nature to uh, kill a deer, the scorpion has a nature to bite. The samskaras are uncontrollable. On their way up towards a thought or a desire, there's a small gap where you can change it. Mm-hmm. And that is when it becomes the conscious part where it says, oh, the consciousness says, that vasana for that? Hmm. Do I like it? Do I dislike it? For a flash it comes, do I like it? Do I dislike it? That is when you can say, I I like it, but I'm not going to have it. If it goes past that, immediately it says, I like it. Let's do it. Yep. The karma, the conscious action, it's conscious. It's an action. You're doing it. It's a karma but it's uncontrollable. So, Prakriti is unconscious. Raga, Dvesha, likes and dislikes are conscious, but controllable. And it's a brief window. And the next is the karma, which is where you think, you say, you do. It is conscious, but it's uncontrollable. Once it gets past the Raga, Dvesha, it's uncontrollable. So, you have to take a decision like these kids and say, I'm not going to look at it. 
the more you look at it, the more you indulge in it, the harder it becomes. Um, in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, it talks about conscious and subconscious. It talks about, in Sanskrit, the word is vritti, or thought, and samskaras, which are subconscious, which are not aware of it. So you're not aware of what you're thinking of, what you're doing. Right. So you have to take a decision. Each time, put Shreya first, not Preya. In the beginning, it's a very small gap of yeah. likes and dislikes, yes. rajas and uh, raga and dvesha. Um, soon you will be able to understand how many, how your likes and dislikes work and why it's happening. But it takes effort. Your decision-making power will increase, which means your intellect, which is the decision-making power, is getting stronger. What you think of goes back into your samskaras or prakriti. So control your thoughts. Right. If you keep thinking about money and how to acquire it, you, it's going to keep fulfilling into your vasanas. You are aware of your vritti, which is conscious. You're not aware of your samskaras, which are unconscious. So have I confused everybody enough? No, I think it's fascinating, especially the marshmallow experiment, because the part, I, I was aware of that experiment. The part I wasn't aware of is that most of the kids who were successful didn't look at the marshmallow. And that was, uh -huh. again, about control, attenuating their focus because, as you just described it, if they looked at the marshmallow, that would start to generate thoughts, and the thoughts would eventually overtake them. And, right. And Those are where, where, they're, uh, where they lie with their, on their sense organs. So they're looking at the sense yes. uh, object, and they're saying, oh, it's tempting, too tempting. I right. can't control it. So, so they kept it I mean, away. Nobody taught them. Not so they, to look at it. Nobody right. said don't look at it. But they kept it away from this sense as a sense object by keeping it on the intellectual level. Like Correct. They, and that's, yeah. that, that means they had that inborn ability to yeah. know what to do in order not to uh, allow them to fall. Inborn, but we can hone that ability in ourselves, too, with that. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, friends, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you liked it. I hope it benefits you and helps you. I would love to hear from you. I, you can do this. You can write to me. You can write to me. I know some of you are listening to this on, on your audio podcast while driving. But if you do get home and go to facebook.com and you get to the Gita, G-I-T-A, mm -hmm. dash memoirs of a psychiatrist, just log in. The same thing that you just heard on your podcast, you can see uh, live, and then you can post a comment. I'd love to have your questions, comments, and I'll reply to you. Yeah, post a comment on this episode about this particular subject or just send a direct message. Any questions you have, any thoughts you have, uh, we'd love to hear and, have, and start a conversation. Right. Help us make it better for you. Meanwhile, on uh, Facebook, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can find all the episodes. If you came in in the middle of the story, you might want to go back and check some, some previous episodes and catch up. So thank you and see you next time.